see that this month we're starting off uh, with hard questions about God. It just may be a coincidence that Pastor Peter is in Scotland. <laughs> the, the great falling away came from Pastor Mark's message. <laughs> so, you know how, and, and this is one of those messages like, uh, let, me, we just, let me pray for you because you're going to be on one side or the other of this issue. <laughs> God is very clear on where he stands uh, on the subject of how can a loving God send people to hell? And I'm, I just am hoping that we do come, at the end of the day, you come to the place and you know exactly where you stand on this issue. Because it's, it's one that people who hate God bring up very, the very first thing. And it's because of the lack of understanding of who God is by God's people is the reason people can get away with such a thing because there's not a counter because it sounds pretty good at, the, at, at first. So <clears throat> people say if Christians have a loving God, then Christianity could not be true. Have, who's heard that one? I mean, that, that was really popular. It's the first thing that when people find out that you're a Christian, well, number one, it's because a loving God, this is what they say, because a loving God would not send billions of people to hell. Now, on the surface, that sounds pretty, well, that does make sense. How do you send somebody to hell if you're a loving God? I mean, I would never, I, would, I wouldn't do it and I'm not God. So it has this feeling like, well, that, there's kind of, there's kind of something to this that is logically valid at a glance. Number two is people make assumptions that are not true for the God of the Bible. Unfortunately, a lot of Christians just don't know enough about God that's written in the scriptures. You know, we have all our ideas of what God is like and how things work in heaven. Of course, you know, I mean, there's just some truths that we all know, like every time you hear a bell ring, an angel gets its wings. Uh, and I can go on. <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot, a lot of Christians, some Christians believe the same thing for a variety of reasons. It's an excuse for the way that they live or act. It's kind of like a fire insurance policy. You're like, well, I kind of go to church, but I'm going to live this way, and I'm going to act this way, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to believe this. And then just in case when I die and I find myself sinking and going to hell, I'm going to pull out my fire insurance saying, no, no, I went to church. You know, I lived the way I wanted to live. I didn't want to live under any of the rules of the kingdom. Number two, and this is really popular, so they had family or friends who were not believers and they died. I've known pastors that have lost a son, one particular, that he lost a son who wasn't a believer and he turned into a universalist and started his own church. He was a Baptist. I mean, he didn't even work once saved, always saved, which is another one that people go, well, they were saved when they were three and I, though they you know, became drug kingpins and 
but they were saved once. You know, this guy couldn't even do that because his son has never gotten saved. So he had just become a universalist. Everybody saved because the cross was so great. But that's not what the scriptures say. So we're, we're faced with some really hard things here. We're going, listen, you're not sending if you recognize that somebody in your family, your friend who died, who never accepted the work of the cross. We don't want to condemn them because you think I'm sending them to hell. It doesn't matter what you think. You're not sending them to hell. You're not that powerful. And so we don't want to say, well, I don't know if they made it or not. You know, We want to think everyone goes. But that's not what the Bible says. For us to understand this, to understand more about hell, we really need to understand more about God. See, people think they have this understanding of hell. No, before you look at someplace that horrible, you need to look at someplace that's that incredible. And that's heaven where God is. It's kind of a balance to the scary place hell and why would God send anybody there? So we're gonna take a look of what, who God is. And, and let me, I just wanna go over these things. God, some people look at God as part of creation. You know, create the mountains are beautiful, the ocean is beautiful, the, the sun, and God is beautiful. God is not a part of creation. He's the creator of that. That is a reflection of him, and unfortunately, people look at the reflection and we want to worship that. And or we compare, oh, this is so beautiful and so God is beautiful too. God is not creation, he's the creator of that. So whenever you see some beauty in creation, newborn babies, grandbabies, a great golf shot, uh, <laughs> which is a miracle sometimes, that is a reflection of the creator that allows us to experience goodness, holiness. He is the light. In heaven, there's no sun in heaven. He is the light. There's no night. Why? Because he's ever present and his light, his glory is the light that we see. Doesn't that sound incredible? And that, that God created a place and he goes, you know what? I'm gonna make someone in my image, our image. He's talking to Jesus. Let's make someone in our image. He's speaking plural. And, and we're gonna give them free will that they get to choose to be a part of us. That's love. That you, you see, it, love's not being made to do something. Love is a choice. Women, I mean, uh, some women might say, I, I, I want to force my, I want someone to force my husband to love me. Um, that's not love. You know, we all get dogs because dogs, you know, you come in, <laughs> they're always happy to see you. You know, God did not create us to be dogs that we just, we're just waiting. <laughs> you know, you know, someone kicks us, <laughs> thanks for the attention. <laughs> you know, that's the dog. Who has cats? You know what a cat thinks? You walk in and you go, oh, you're my everything. You're my everything, precious. And you know what the cat's saying back? You're the thing that opens the cans that feed me. <laughs> it's like, cats just don't have that same. <laughs> well, God gave us a free will because he wanted us 
to make a choice. That is love. Our free will. I, I can do this, I can do that, and I choose this. I choose to be a part of that relationship. I choose it. That's free will. There's a problem with free will. You're free to choose the other way. But free will is about love. Okay, and that's, that's the part we have to remember. Free will is about love. God created this earth and in this earth, it was supposed, his design was for us to be in heaven. If God ever made a mistake, you remember in creation, he said, you know, he separated the light from darkness. He did this, the waters from the land and he created all the animals. It, there's not one day in creation that he said, and he created hell. That didn't come till later. It wasn't a part of his divine plan for us. You see, people think, well, why would God send him to this place of hell? God didn't want to send anyone to hell. So somehow that's not his plan. But it ended up, this for so many people, this thing of free will went the other way. Who wouldn't choose to be with God in heaven? There's a whole lot. There's a whole lot of people. So we have to understand what the scripture says. In Matthew, God causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. Wait a minute. Because it's called grace. Have you ever thought of yourself going, why does that, that guy is the most evil person I know. Why is he so blessed? Why does he make all the money? Why does he get, when, you know, all these, because God God's son, God's blessing, God's creation blesses everybody and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Well, there's got to be more to this. The warmth of God's son. It, it, we go, you, you go to this river up in the mountains and we go, oh, it's so beautiful. This is so beautiful. I want to build a house right here. That's the creation. Where's the source? It's 100 miles away up in the mountains on a spring or melting snow. That's the creator. But we get so tied up. This is heaven. No, you're, you're tied up in the creation and you're totally missing the creator. If, if he could make this, what must he be? If this is something he made. He is far greater. The creator's not greater than the creation. There's a purpose to this in Romans. Do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness? Because you're looking at the river instead of the source. You're looking at the blessing, you know, the beauty, you know, this beautiful baby, this beautiful blessing that you receive. Said, so you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience. Are you unmindful or actually ignorant of the fact that God's kindness is intended to lead to repentance? So you wonder why so many evil people are blessed? God is trying to 
to lead them to repentance by showing them his goodness. And they're ignorant. Wow. That explains a lot to me. That helps me not coveting. Do you know what? Now, for those of you who are sitting there going, maybe I should be a little more evil. I might get blessed more by God. <laughs> now, that's not what we're saying here. Take, take, scratch through that on your notes. <laughs> There's more. There's, uh, God so wants us in heaven. Does God want to send people to hell? This just comes, it just comes down to that. You know, well, let me give you the answer. No. <laughs> In case somebody going, oh, oh, oh. he doesn't. It wasn't a part of his design. It was not his design. He never purposed that. You know, and here's the problem with heaven. In heaven, you don't get God's love bouncing off. Oh, someone loved me. You know, when someone loves you, that takes, that's a glimpse of God the creator. He created someone who could love you. Or you see a baby or you see a, a sunset. You know, it's a, that is part of God's creation. It's bouncing off the sunset. The source is up there and I'm getting to see the, the bouncing of his glory. But in heaven, you don't get the, his glory bouncing off sudden. You get the glory. God himself, he is the light. Angels worshiping, weird animals running around worshiping. Streets of gold. It's like everything is under his control. There's nothing that's out of his control. It is heaven. It is the pure creator and not this reflection of it in the creation. You are under that control. And those of us who experience bits of that in this life, we're drawn to that and we can't even imagine how glorious, how glorious that is. He did not create us to go to hell. Here's how people go to hell. They send themselves to hell. I'm gonna explain that. It's that free will thing. It's that free will thing. Hell is a natural consequence of a life spent here on earth that we didn't want anyone to control us. We wanted to be you know, autonomy. We wanted the autonomy. We didn't want anyone speaking to us. We didn't want anyone limiting the what things I want, my selfish things I want, to make me feel good and better about me. I'm going to run myself, and if I give myself to the Lord, I, there's all these rules and condemnation because I'm not doing this. So in your free will, there's people who have chosen not to be ruled or limited by this thing over here, God. Let me tell you what love is, tough love is. At the end of your life, God allows you. He doesn't force you. 
He didn't force us to love him. He gave us free will. So at the end of your life, if you've lived this this life of autonomy, self-governance, he does not force you to go to heaven and live under those rules that you never wanted to live underneath on this earth. You see, it's quite this way. This loving God allows you to taste bits of glory on earth, sunsets, beautiful things that he created, and little bits of hell. And you choose, you choose where you want to spend your eternity. He's not going to submit, force you to live in heaven under his rule if you chose not to live it on this earth. That's free will and that's love. You wanted to live a life absent of the rule of God, so now you have, you died, now you get to live eternity with the absence of God, and that's hell. And let me tell you, oh, this picture's of hell, but it's a horrible place. Hell is a horrible, flames are coming up. Oh, the fire, then you're not consumed. You know what, that fire is bad because it has the absence of God. Let me tell you another fire, and that's one when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're full of fire, but it's got the presence of God. It's not the fire that's bad. It's the lack of God. I'm afraid of the flames. You're afraid of the Holy Spirit then. You should be afraid of the absence of God. Because with it, you want the fire. Without it, you don't want the fire. A loving God, even though he would prefer you in heaven, a loving God is gonna give you what you chose. And if your choice is the absence of the rule of God, hell's your destination. There's no middle ground. You don't get fire insurance. You're like, well, I go to church just enough to laugh. That's love. Tough love. I'm going to love you even though I don't agree with it. I'm going to send you where you've chosen. The lifestyle that you've chosen. God wants you in heaven. That's what he created us for. Six days of creation does not have hell in it. That was not his plan. He wants you so badly in heaven that when man chose in his free will God had to come up with another plan where he sends his only beloved son to die on a cross and he had to turn his back on him as he took on all our sins. God could not look upon it. He had all the sins that were ever going to be committed, that ever were committed, are now laid upon Jesus and he cries out, he goes, my God, why have you left me? Why have you abandoned me? Can you imagine having an only child it's on its deathbed in the hospital 
and you turn to leave him alone so he can die by himself? That's how much God wants us in heaven. He paid a price he did not owe for those of us that owed a price we could not pay. Wow. How can a loving God send people to hell? He doesn't. He gives them what has been their desire all their life and that's to live a life free of God free of the presence of God he goes well I want to close it with this God allows us to taste both in life glimpses of heaven glimpses of hell everyone in here has had some form of hell in their life a difficult time and we've had to make tough choices some we chose well some we chose not so well but if you're a Christian in this life right now this vapor this little period of time, if you're a Christian, you are going to get glimpses of hell. You're going to live through bits of hell, parts of hell, some of you more than others. In this life, you will see bits of hell. And God, you cry out to God to get bits of heaven. If you're not a committed believer. This life is the only heaven you're going to see. This is it. You better get it all in. This is it. We need to remember that for those who we've made excuses for. We love them. We know they're not Christians or they've fallen away. This is it. This is their heaven. You know, sometimes I just want to say, listen, you know, go out, debauchery, get, get twice as drunk, do as many drugs as you want to because guess what? This is it for you. Maybe you should just live it up because hell is what's after this because you chose it. You chose it because that's what you want in this life to be away from God. Today may be a deciding place because your feet are on both sides. You know that you're just kind of playing this part of it just in case. So I can get to sleep at night. I, you know, it, it, it settles my conscience that I'm really living this way, but I go to church or I say Jesus a few times. Do you know who talks more about God than evangelical Christians? Atheists. What is that? Atheists are always talking about God. It's like, I, I know people who go to church and don't talk about God that much. <laughs> yeah, you meet and he goes, I'm an atheist, let's talk about God. And I was like, really? <laughs> you don't believe in him. Why do you talk? I don't talk about Santa Claus to everybody I meet. <laughs> I don't believe in him. 
Oh, okay, not Santa Claus, but the Easter Bunny. You know, let's go there. Uh, today's a good day to get that one foot out of that side. Say, I desire to come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Which means there's some things in my life I know have got to go. There's some things I entertain have got to go. Because I want to move to that fire that has the presence of God and move away from that fire that doesn't. I think it's the same fire, just absence of God. So let's stand. I don't know where my mother is today. She passed away at 99. But at her funeral, after her funeral, I was talking to my brother. And he said to me, he goes, you know, I'm not too sure where mom is. I said, yeah, I know. I said, because I, I prayed salvation with her six or seven times. And my brother says, oh, I've done that at least that many times. But just because of her attitude and she never, we never heard her out. I ne- we never heard her cry out for God. I heard my dad. I was with my dad, he was probably about 60 and he witnessed to the checkout guy at at Scotty's. You remember Scotty's before Home Depot? Their motto was, we have half of everything you need. (laughs) You wonder why they went out of business. (laughs) I wanna be a part of that fire. Today I'm asking some of y'all, you need to make a decision to go to this side of the fire and not that. To submit yourself under the rule of God, the blessing of God. So let's pray. Father, there's too many of us that are on both sides. We want what we want, but we desire what you are. Help us to move to the fire that you dwell and move away from the fire that is absent of you. Give us that peace of mind that we know we are yours. Quiet that questioning, those attacks at night those accusations that we're not good enough. I admit we're not good enough, but your son is. And we accept that work of the cross for myself, for my family. In Jesus' mighty name, thank you, Lord. Amen.